0: Carrier into the zone with Howden. Carrier shoots. He scores! A laser from William Carrier! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at lvsportsnetwork.com. Connor falling
1: over, guides it toward Carlson. Back to Connor, right wing into the zone. Connor dips through,
0: shooting. He scores!
1: The Golden Knights have one more game before they uh, depart for a extended East Coast road trip next week, and uh, that will impact the VGK Insider Show. At some point during today's program, we have to let everybody know when we're on next week mm-hmm. when we're not on next week. I know it goes with the games, but it's just kind of nice to, to know ahead of time. We will be here on Monday, so open phones will be up and running and <laughs> ready to go. That is the day that the Golden Knights are at the White House. Yeah. So we should have uh, a little bit of uh, information. been exchanging uh, messages with Nate Ewell, a uh, Vice President of Communications, Content, and Broadcasting of the Golden Knights. He's been sending me all the West Wing clips. Oh, because yeah. Because we've discovered that we're both West Wing guys. Oh, look at uh, you. So President Bartlett and Nate's been doing some of the prep work for the Golden Knights mm-hmm. because there's some remarks that have to be made. Mm. So he's handling a lot uh, of the front end part of that. So we're now we're calling him a... White House speechwriter.
2: Oh, nice. It's pretty close, right? Yeah, I think so. Like he's going to be well versed. He's going to be ready to go. Yeah,
1: Rob Lowe was the speechwriter on the West Wing. Oh, is that so what it is? Robbie should be his new
2: nickname. Maybe so, I should look into the West Wing.
1: You should. It okay. was one of the greatest uh, programs. The newsroom is sort of comparable with the mm. dialogue uh, that they. Uh, Sports Night, way back when, was an awesome show. Uh, again, along the same vibe <laughs> uh, and delivery, just quick quick lines. Uh, We have Keegan Colisar coming up uh, on the subject of good quick lines. Mm -hmm. He's going to join us. He's doing a ball hockey uh, clinic over at Nellis today, military appreciation night tomorrow Mm. at T-Mobile Arena. And in uh, the second segment of the opening hour, John Shannon, Uh, my good buddy Johnny will stop by and uh, let us know what's going on with the Edmonton Oilers who have a big game tonight against the San Jose Sharks. Mm -hmm. So San Jose finally wins a game. Yep. Then they got to face Edmonton, yes. who are sour beyond angry. <clears throat> and after that, they play the Stanley Cup champions mm-hmm. on the back end of a back to back with their travel involved. Yep. We're scheduled. I can't believe anybody would ever agree <laughs> to it. They must not have had any way to get around it. But San Jose's schedule in the opening 15 games was as hard as any I've ever. I've seen a fifteen-game stretch in the National Hockey League, whether it's middle, start, and whatever. The fifteen-game stretch—it's atrocious.
2: It can only go up from here, though.
1: Yeah, true. It, it should get easier, but then you're so beat down, confidence-wise. <laughs> but they're coming off a win. They and are coming say off the a same win. Same thing about Edmonton. Yes. Edmonton finally gets the free square and the bingo card, and what happens is San Jose goes in with a, with a little bit. Of, uh, encouragement after their victory over the Philadelphia Flyers. So we'll get into that uh, with John Shannon. The Vegas Golden Knights uh, falling last night to the Los Angeles Kings. That that game had a different feel mm-hmm. than the first 14 or sure previous 13 mm-hmm. this season. It just it was tighter. It had more of a, not playoff feel to it, but midseason, late season where everything's uh, really drilled into the players system and the details were, were right on cue for both.
2: Yeah. I, th- I thought it was kind of a methodical game, right? Like you, you had both teams that were really dialed into what the game plan was and you know what, there were uh, some plays where the Los Angeles Kings were able to execute specifically on the power play the golden Knights had some chances, didn't get the bounces. And, you know, but I, I think over the course of 60 minutes, both teams did a really good job of of taking away the the offensive chances and um, played really well to their defensive structure.
1: Yeah, there's there's a couple of bounces that went in. Uh, there was the one great deflection goal, but the other two uh, were bounces. We'll get we'll get into it uh, on the subject of bounces. Ball hockey. Uh, here's Keegan Colasaro, Vegas Golden Knights on the BGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman. Uh, did when you put on the ball hockey clinic, do you use those? You remember those orange balls that we used to use back in Brandon? The 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 frozen things that hurt. Do you use those things, or do you use the tennis balls when you put on the ball hockey tr- clinic?
3: Uh we we got the orange balls that oh. can hurt pretty oh. pretty damn bad if uh, if they're oh. pretty cold.
1: Yeah, you you just hope that the the kid from two blocks away that you didn't like would spend a couple of minutes in goal in February in Brandon because you would drill that thing at him. I would. Yeah.
3: You know, I don't know what side of Brandon you grew up on, but I grew up on the, on the nice side. We all loved each other. <laughs>
1: I was under the water <laughs> tower. We, we were a badass group, man. We, we were angry human beings. Uh, what was it like today? What, what was it like for the kids when you spent uh, a little bit over at Nellis?
3: It was cool. Um, I previously went to an air base um, back in my times in juniors. Uh, they were the 55th uh, Rescue Squad Battalion, the, the Nighthawks. Um, so I thought it was just a base I was coming to and, you know, we maybe we were playing in an air hangar. I, I didn't really know. And, and now I'm driving back home now and I see the whole neighborhood. It's an actual community that they all live in. And I, I think it's remarkable that, you know, the, the families can stay in here as a whole and, you know, the kids can be together while the parents are all working. So I think it gives kids a chance to get to know one another because they're both kind of in a, in a tough, not a tough spot, but, you know, it's a, a spot where, It can create a lot of change, but I think you're looking for someone that might be in the same situation as you are to relate to and and be friends. So I think the community is cool that that these children have. Uh, It's very special that that I could be here and and help out. And there's a lot of kids there that can can, uh, have a lot of potential to play, and they surprised Paul and I.
1: Nice. Uh,
3: You were with uh, Connor? Yep.
1: Nice. Did he show off his between-the-legs move to
3: the kids? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I was, he was, we let him play at the kids and then, you know, the grown-ups are running the station. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, that's well done. Nice and subtle, uh, dropping in. There. Forgive me, uh, Keegan, do, do you have a military connection uh, going back uh, through your family?
3: Yeah, my, my brother previously went to um, West Point. So it was real cool to see him go through that process. It's also scary see, hearing some of the stories that he would tell me. Um, and, and I, I'm hoping that on one of these New York trips, uh, can head up there, uh, and, and check out the, the campus and check out the, the surrounding area.
1: I'm, I'm on, my brother went through, I have a twin brother who went through the basic training as in the military still is. Uh, I, I'm on board that I wouldn't last five seconds of basic training. Uh,
3: would you be able to get through it? The basic training? M- maybe. Yeah. I, I would, I would have to imagine it's training camp at its absolute worst every day (laughs) that's the best way i could put it in my terms but then there were things that my brother told me that they would do that i was like no chance no goddamn chance
1: Like, the Rangers and the Seals, like, no way. Keegan uh, King Colasar is with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
2: You know, Keegan, one of the – the first time that I ever went to Nellis, like w- like you, I was kind of blown away at, at how much community there is inside the base and, and on the base and all that. And you are a, a big – you know, the Golden Knights are a thread in the community of, of Las Vegas, but how cool was it to kind of see – uh, the, 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 the team and, and you subsequently are a big piece of, of the community on the Air Force Base.
3: It's awesome. It's real cool to, to come to an area and a part of the city that you know, might be a little detached from sports just because of the circumstances that they have. And a lot of those kids say, I love the Knights." I try to watch the Knights as much as I can. Uh, it's real cool. You know, they don't always have maybe the best resources or they don't always have the time to do it. Um, so it means a lot more, too, in that regard to come out here and share whatever you know time I have with them and, and make their day a little bit better.
1: Keaton Kolasar chatting with us on the VGK Insider Show with Millard, Wallace, and Chapman. Uh, was this uh, and is this a week, uh, results aside, an opportunity to catch your breath, given what you guys have gone on through training camp and the banner and rings and then the winning streaks and uh, and the, the big run that, that you've been on?
3: Um, yes and no. Uh, I think, you know, coming from a player's aspect, when you win, you want to keep it going as long as you can. And when you lose, you want to get back to playing as fast as you can. So you can right the wrong and, and get that, you know, that lingering taste out of your mouth of, of disappointment. So uh, rest is always a weapon, especially with, with the last year that we had, you know, fatigue can creep in maybe, but for us, um, you know, we don't, we don't want to leave any game out there on the line that we know we could have had. So for us, you know, games that we lose, uh, especially, you know, executive now, uh, we want to get back to it and get back to a winning way.
2: You know, we, we hear a lot about kind of a Stanley Cup hangover and certainly the start for the Golden Knights has, has kind of flied in the face of that. Why do you think you, you as a team were able to get off to such a great start?
3: You know, I, I'd like to say that we all have such an obsession and, and and infatuation with winning now. Like before, before we all wanted to win. There's no denying that every guy plays this game to win. But when you go through what we did and you realize, you know what winning really equates to, it's infectious and, and it makes you it makes you beyond hungry to keep it going.
1: Uh, if that was a hangover, what you guys went through, then uh, if it was a real hangover, I'd pound beers a lot more uh, going through that because that, that looked like a, a lot of fun. Keegan Cola starts with us on the VGK Insider Show. Uh, what, do, what do you do in a week like this when you only have two games? How, how do you balance the rest versus are you in the gym uh, a little bit more uh, along with practice?
3: Yeah, you you got to gotta find ways to fine-tune your game, build your game as much as you can. So if you got a couple of extra days of practice this week, um, you know, it doesn't hurt to go on 15 minutes before work on some reps that you think you, your game's lacking uh, work stay a little bit later after practice, get in the gym, do a couple more things. Um, for me personally, I like, to, I mean, I really just sit on the couch and really do nothing all day. Once I leave the rink, I like to get out into the community. So when we have this time to, you know, relax or sort of say, um, I'd like to get out in the community and do stuff like I did today and, and give back to the community because the season can be a grind at times, and there's times where you obviously have the opportunity to give back, and I, I think these are the times that um, are present that we should. What's
1: your favorite uh, fun drill or goof-around uh, drill at the end of practice or at the start of practice that you do, whether it be rebound or, or having some one-timers or, or doing some other different uh, drills?
3: Uh, I love rebound. Uh, it's real competitive, and I love getting in our goalies' ears. Just, even, even, even if they rob me, I'll still say something to piss them off. Uh, Alec Martinez has a funny drill that I was standing in front of and tipping pucks today. He, just, he flips burger pucks at the D-man at the blue, and you have to keep it in with your blade. And if he, if he gets you out, he just starts laughing your face. I saw white club miss, I think, five in a row. I was howling at him. I, I probably will bring it up tomorrow. I'll just chirp him. Hey,
1: Martinez has one of the greatest laughs in the world, doesn't he?
3: Oh, God, yeah. It, if you have a two-on-one against him and he stops you, you are hearing it, and it's just like, it doesn't piss you off, but you're like, man, like, I don't want to hear that. <laughs>
2: Um, you know, Keegan, like kind of along the same lines as, as Darren's question about like how you kind of balance things out on, on a week like this, where you've only got a couple of games, uh, what are some of the things you do maybe to get away from hockey just in your free time to, to maybe take your mind out of the hockey mindset?
3: Um, for me personally, uh, I like to talk to a lot of my friends from back home, so I'll hop on FaceTime and call a couple of my buddies that are around the world, catch up with them, talk to old teammates from juniors that I still keep in touch with, um, check out new new shows, new movies. I think I told all the boys yesterday I watched My Kids 1 and 2 yesterday, but I also watched Equalizer 1 and 2, so kind of all over the map on my movie genres. Uh, li- listen to music, try and find new music to listen to and share it with some of the guys that like my style, so... I try to keep myself busy as much as I can, but also a more relaxed. State.
1: You've never FaceTimed me,
3: ever. <laughs> Why well, haven't I mean, you? I, you've never FaceTimed me. Ooh, wow. I just
1: didn't want to cross that boundary, like media
3: guys. I mean, that's like that's like when you when someone texts you, long time no talk. <laughs> no <You're kidding>. <laughs> time. You have my number. Hey, Equalizer <laughs> Two
1: was great. That that was, that was sneaky good.
3: I like Equalizer One better. I want really? I see number three. Yeah, Central I'm to for... to see it too. So maybe I'll, maybe we'll go watch it together.
1: Yeah, let's let, let's. I'll will text you. All right, we'll do that. Before before <laughs> yeah, you, go, there you before you go, oh, White House uh, coming up on Monday. Uh, what's what are you looking forward to? Do you have any expectations uh, about that visit?
3: Uh, I gotta I gotta look forward to a haircut first mm-hmm. off. I got quite the bush on my mm-hmm. head, so gonna have to get that cleaned up before I step in the White House. Uh, pretty cool. Um, you know, I'd, I never thought in my wildest days that I'd ever have put in the White House, so pretty exciting to, in, to see. I'm probably going to be a kid in a candy store with my eyes wide open and just kind of take it all in and, and enjoy the moment.
1: I can't go, but can you can you steal me a napkin or a pen <laughs> or something from there?
3: I don't know if I can steal anything. I, I think that might... Landing the slammer, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would think. I, I think that's probably the one, like one of the one places you definitely don't want to take from. True, but uh, I can um, maybe take pictures for you. Okay, I'll text you them.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Uh, what's the barber's name? Is it Henry? I, I can't remember what the the your barber. Yeah, name.
3: Henry's Barbershop. Yeah, let's let's give him a
1: shout out. What are you getting done?
3: Uh, I got to get a nice little fade on the sides. I'll probably keep keep my lettuce on top. Keep it
1: a little curly. Ah, boy,
3: good for you. I look too—I look too much like a baby if I get you know a lot of my hair cut off.
1: I don't know who would ever refer, uh, go down the path of calling you that name uh, because they'd be in for a world of hurt. But uh, hey, congratulations on today, out of Nellis, helping the kids in the ball hockey. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, and we should do it more often. I'll—I'll—I'll uh, uh, I'll, I'll send you that text, okay?
3: Yeah, that's right. You always got my number.
1: <laughs> that's Keegan Coles, <laughs> our VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, uh, joining us. Uh, big game tomorrow night against the San Jose Sharks, and then it's the White House, and then they start off the road trip against the Washington Capitals.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. I... I, I love the uh, I love the, the banter, the back and forth uh, with with you asking Keegan Colasar to steal you something from the White House. Well done.
0: I'm just glad that he didn't say, you know, if I take something for you, Darren, I'm gonna end up in the clink. See, steal the
2: deck steal the declaration of independence or now, something. Come on.
1: Like but a but a napkin. That's not at the White House.
2: No, though. I know it's not okay. at the White House. I know <laughs> it's
1: a napkin. Yeah. That's that's just like
2: Well, just it's not stealing. It's just taking a napkin that's there in front of you.
0: But I can understand being nervous about taking anything out of there.
2: Not a napkin. I'd be okay with a napkin.
0: I mean, you could ask for permission, right? Like, hey. Excuse me, sir. Yeah. President Bartlett, can can I take this napkin?
2: Do you mind if instead of throwing this napkin in the trash, I just take it with me?
0: Well, yeah, but you don't want one that's been used. You want... A new, fresh, clean. I would
2: imagine that they're going to have an infinite amount of napkins there.
0: Well, yeah, but yeah. I, my the wad of napkins that I want.
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah,
0: but they, they maybe they need Nate, to grab me one. They might have like you know a checklist, right? Like oh, they, maybe,
1: maybe there's a chip embedded in the napkin. A budget, and right? They know. Like, like, oh,
0: that'd be fun. Like, listen, I mean, they, they're, all they're, of a there's, sudden, there's a budget, right? So well, maybe look at that.
1: Look not according to that clock uh, that runs at Times Square. Have you seen that oh, running that, total?
2: That
0: thing, There's yeah. Not much well, of a budget. Yeah. Well, that's, that runs up the, the that has the deficit. That's been going for years and years and years. It's pretty cool to watch that thing. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> is do, it, do you, but is
2: think, it cool? Do you think it's no, real?
0: Because because I keep thinking in my mind, at some point, someone's going to have to pay it back. Money's going go, to no, going to no, have no, to come no. from somewhere. Nobody's ever paying that thing back. <laughs> well, no one's ever paying anything back. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you think that thing's real? Yeah. Why not? Why would? Why would it, why would it that be that Deficit total. I love how it just goes up like hundreds of dollars in like a minute. Like I, it's, don't, it's I don't even time think is the, money, baby. Yeah,
1: the thousand, the the four digits, the first four digits. Oh, it's so fast you can't even. I don't see think it. those things even work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, they just they just scroll Non-stop. through on, on different <laughs> different speeds. Uh, the idea of 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 Keegan going out there and being exposed, to, or Paul Cotter uh, mm-hmm. being exposed, and and the the jab there too mm-hmm. between yeah. Keegan yeah. And, and Paul. But that is so cool for those kids who are coming from all over that's not yeah. a a las vegas community born and raised mm. that military bases are a potpourri of people from all over the the country and yep. the world yeah to, to a large extent so that is is one of the coolest locations to be able to give back and do an event like that
2: yeah absolutely i I you know I I was able to do a couple of uh, of radio events not not anything recently but but years ago on the Air Force Base and you know as Keegan mentioned like it, it's a community in, unto itself like it really is there's yeah. there's everything that you can need there's stores there's there's restaurants there's housing and then there's everything that you would find on a functioning Air Force Base and then um, you take all of that into account and where everyone is coming from 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 you know all over the country. And to have, again, that common thread of, hey, we're Knights fans. Like, we're here in this in this hub, and there's all this different kind of, you know, melting pot feel to it. And yet there's a commonality between everybody, and especially when you bring someone together for a little ball hockey tournament, and you, you get the likes of Keegan Colasar and Paul Cotter out there.
1: And you might create lifelong VGK fans. That's possible, ooh, ooh. yeah. Go to the East Coast. They mm. go to the Northeast. They whatever bases they're, they're on, their, their parents are are uh, stationed. And then you grow up and you live in Texas, and you're a VGK fan. It's 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 that much of an influence. But those, you guys know what I'm talking about when when Keegan and I were talking about the orange hockey balls. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we like had those in New of, Jersey instead yep. of the tennis balls. Yeah, like those when they got frozen would hurt. They're like but, the hard rubber. They the, don't even the, the like... hard orange. <laughs> ball hockey uh, balls they, were were designed so they wouldn't bounce, so they were yeah, easier. Yeah, easier yeah, yeah, more like not a more plastic, not like, rubber. yeah, but like a traditional puck. Where, but it would roll because pucks obviously have trouble well, on, on on street hockey, being or a roll ball hockey. And that uh, those things, man. Whether it was eighty eight degrees outside, <laughs> that thing would hurt.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, well, they didn't freeze in California, but they did hurt.
1: I'm not even sure whether it would hurt anymore if they were frozen but we like to think that they were <laughs> really,
4: and really then playing into
1: it. Oh, I Bruce Dunn, he would he would know it was coming. Yeah. And he never shoot high cuz you actually mm. don't want to hurt hurt him. Okay. Like you don't want to cut him open or anything like that. Really? But you we'd bruise Bruce Dunn from that poor guy torso down.
0: We gotta get him on the show.
2: Yeah, yeah we really do. Yeah. Bruce Chapman, do a little bit. Do a little bit of digging. Yeah, Bruce.
0: Bruce Bruce Dunn from Man- from uh, Brandon. Yeah, Rodeo Street. He ended up being a, a tough sob, small guy. Tough well, yeah. Sob. Well, we he could, had we could, to be. And, well, and look then, at what you were
2: doing to you, him. you guys were bullies. His I mean. dad
1: owned a golf course later on, and we were all sour because we picked on the guy, mm. and we couldn't. Well, Go over and get. The, Moral the free of the story:
2: room. Be nicer to the guy yeah. that has connection to a golf course. We'll
1: see if we're nicer to John Shannon next. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Stay with us.
0: I'm Guy Lafleur. I'm Darrell Sittler. And I use a Darryl Sittler hockey stick. I use Darryl Sittler hockey stick. Cut! Take two. I'm Guy Lafleur. I'm Darrell Sittler. And I use a Darryl Sittler hockey stick. I use a Guy Lafleur hockey stick. He used to have the most important job in Canada. Now he's willing to give us a few minutes. It's time to chat with John Shannon.
4: John. Hello, Mr. Millard.
1: Uh, I want to uh, get your honest opinion on something.
4: Because <laughs> well, I've, I've never, ever spoken the truth before. So. No.
1: <laughs> that opening, like, do you, do you, are you okay with it? Would you like it changed? Uh, do, do you think it makes any sense? for an intro for John uh, I Shannon.
4: think the latter. I'm not sure what... Uh, first of all, I, I'm not sure how many people in the listening audience in Southern Nevada know who Guy Lafleur or Daryl Sitler are. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not sure I remember who they are. <laughs> they're they're, old, they're both older than me. Um, but, uh, you know what? It, I, I, give, I give Chris an A for creativity, uh, B for execution, and then you can... Use the rest of it for your imagination. <laughs> Why can't you say F? Because, no, okay, Darren, it's 2023. Nobody oh, fails anymore. Good
1: point. Good good point. Nobody we, fails. We, we went on a tirade last week after <laughs> you were on the air and said it made no sense. None. And the first part of it should be recycled and put something in that actually has some relevancy to John Shannon. Whether it's a soundbite from when you've been on or uh, something about uh, broadcasting hockey, and Chapman stuck to his guns, he wouldn't hear anything of it.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he tried to call me Johnny on the phone about 10 seconds
1: ago. Like, who does that? Your name's John Shannon. I got in trouble for calling you Shanny. I'm never calling you Johnny. (laughs) Listen,
4: I, I, I didn't join you and your band of cohorts until 2010, I didn't have a nickname until 2010. Yes. <laughs> and then for some reason, I became Shanny. I, you know, I, and then every time I was with Brendan Shanahan, he would turn to me and say, you can't be Shanny. I'm Shanny. And
1: and he was serious.
4: Oh, no. He was serious. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: Uh, said, you can Ma- have
4: it. I don't want to be Shanny.
1: I don't think any of us called each other by our names, Nick, Kiprios, Doug McLean, Darren Millard, John Shanna, ever, unless you were mad at one another, which was probably 20% of the time. That's the only time you go Doug or Nick, or Nick would call me Darren. Uh, The rest of the time was was nicknames. Or John would say, Darren, you can't do that on the air. (laughs) well. Somebody had to have somebody did. Uh, Listen, uh, we've got uh, some developments in the NHL. San Jose's won a game. They're playing tonight uh, against the Oilers, which continue to to burn. Uh, There's the Jack Campbell uh, waivers. Uh, Where do you see the Oilers going in this mess? And does tonight, if they win, which they should, does it heal them or buy some time?
4: it buys time uh they've got a lot of healing to do when you only won twice in in 12 games you have got healing um they've got to get on a roll they've got they've got to do you know everybody talks about those 10 game segments you know, they got to go 7 and 3 in this next 10 game segment to 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 really get back to feeling that they're healed and that's going to be a difficult chore they have a couple of road trips in there that are, are are tough every every particularly when you go to the eastern time zone so but i'm almost thinking though darren like they have to win big tonight you know they can't they they can't win four three in overtime they have to have a killer instinct tonight they have to you know do what vancouver did do what pittsburgh did and that was double digits and um it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting situation for edmonton if it's a, a squeaky game because squeaky games will not help anybody
1: and if they do start to roll i feel bad for san jose because edmonton's not stopping like there's no way you can tell the guys okay ease off after what they've been through there's a potential that it could be ugly the other way
4: well that's exactly right this is not the t- there's, this is not the time to, uh, you know, tell the guys on the bench, okay, five passes before we get to the blue line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where we say, you know, put as many pucks in the back of the net, get the feeling back in your bones, and start to play some hockey. You know, they, it's funny, la- the, the Oilers have been infamously uh, great in the second half of, of the last two seasons. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great numbers. Um but they—they they were in the, at, at U.S. Thanksgiving last year. Or I should just say Thanksgiving, shouldn't I? At Thanksgiving last year, <laughs> um, they were 500, and they took a trip to California, and and that's when Anaheim and San Jose were both bad, and LA was mediocre, and they and they they tore them apart, and it changed their whole season. And I think that there's a lot of people thinking, ah, well, we'll turn it around, and. I think that they're learning now it's not as easy as that because other teams are trying to win, too, and other teams are improving, like Vancouver. So it's a, it's, it's a very difficult position the, the Oilers have put themselves in.
1: On the subject of those bad starts, Connor said that to me five weeks ago uh, when the player media tour Ryan, do you like,
4: ever notice that uh, Darren does a lot of name-dropping? I mm-hmm. do.
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, you know? Tell me what Darren Pang told you the other day. I'll
4: well, tell you what, I, I, as, I, as I told Robert De Niro... <laughs> don't uh, name drop. Do not name drop. <laughs> or a thousand, if I've told you a thousand times, don't exaggerate.
1: <laughs> but, but they were aware of the bad starts the last couple of years, very conscious of it, and had to answer to it, and it, it hasn't happened, right?
4: Well, but, but also on top of that, um, go back and look at the press conferences of Dreisaitl, of Nurse, of McDavid as training camp started. And they all said the same thing: Stanley Copper bust. Mm-hmm. So th- this is not anything that the media has put on them. This is not anything that Kenny Holland or, or Jay Woodcroft or Jeff Jackson have put on them. The players did this to themselves, and I think I actually think that that has compounded the whole scenario for the Oilers, is because they now have to they have to prove to themselves and prove to everybody that. Stanley Cup or bust just wasn't a figment of anyone's imagination.
2: So we're kind of operating uh, when it comes to tonight's game that that we're expecting the Oilers to win. What if, what if they don't? What if the Edmonton Oilers go into San Jose tonight and lose this game?
4: Uh, I suspect the Charter won't leave. I I mean, I don't know anybody will be allowed to be on it. Uh, I, I I think it would be catastrophic for more than the coach. I think that they would probably look at things and say what what are we going to do? What do we have to do? Kenny Holland is the manager uh he's not want to make many changes. He's very patient, he understands that, but you you cannot lose to the San Jose sharks. That's the bottom line. It cannot happen, and you know what the place so they played- they played in Vancouver on Monday night. Mm-hmm. they stayed in Vancouver. Monday night, Tuesday, flew to San Jose late yesterday after practicing in Vancouver. They have, this has been haunting them now since Monday night. They know it better than any of us. And I suspect that they will come out guns a-blazing, as they did in Vancouver on Monday night, and outshot the Canucks 19-2 to for the first seven minutes of the game, and then found themselves down 3-1 after 1. But I suspect that this will be a relentless attack by the Oilers, and it will never stop.
1: John Shannon chatting with us in the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Who Who's in charge of Edmonton? Is it Kenny Holland, who's the manager, or is it Jeff Jackson, who's come in and made some changes to the organization and will take over from Kenny Holland?
4: Well, Kenny Holland... Uh, you're right. Is the manager? He's on the last year of his contract. I suspect he will not be back by his own choice, yeah. not by anybody else's. By his own choice,
1: retiring, right?
4: Yes. Um, uh, Jeff Jackson, in theory, is his boss now, but this is a transition year. You know, um, you, you've heard of that phrase: the peaceful transition of power. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, which didn't happen. Well, it's supposed to happen in Edmonton, and it's a difficult time happening in Edmonton now. But yeah, in the end, Jackson and Holland are working together this year. But by the time the end of the season uh, comes, it will be Jeff Jackson's show completely. Jeff is uh, Jeff is still learning the ropes of being the president of a hockey operations group, um, and still figuring out what he what he, he wants in a general manager to replace Ken Holland, and he's, you know, the, the, the plan was he was going to take a year to do it. Um, but, you know, you have to wonder, you have to ask the question, if everything that's gone on at Edmonton, is, has this tremendously poor start accelerated any planning?
2: In terms of Jack Campbell, I mean, obviously, we're, we're two years into a five-year deal. He, he's been waived and assigned to Bakersfield. Like, what's the road for Jack Campbell to get himself back to being a guy that can contribute at the NHL level?
4: Uh, Ryan, I don't think anybody knows. Hmm. Uh, he, hes They have four games uh, just by uh, circumstance or happenstance of the schedule. They have four games uh, in the American League in Canada, two in Abbotsford, two in Calgary. When ba- for the Bakersfield team so Jack Campbell basically uh, has been sent down to the American League but is going to play in Canada for the next three or four games the hope is in those three or four games that he gets something back and then can return um, but there is you know there is no guarantee of that it's really quite a shame that uh, this guy of uh, of such character, because I really believe Jack's a nice person, mm-hmm. has lost his mojo when it comes to stopping pucks. He, he's not the Jack Campbell that I remember seeing in Los Angeles or seeing in Toronto, and I don't. Th- and, and quite frankly, obviously, Jack Campbell doesn't know what's missing either.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, he's highly emotional. He wears it all yep. for for everybody to see. I, he, he's an open book. Beyond every open book, and I that's a terrible phrase. I don't know what else to say. Like John Shannon's uh, book, uh, "Evolved." Let me write and that dive. down.
4: He's an open book beyond, beyond every open book. book. Yeah, uh, I'm okay. just
1: going to make fun of myself before anybody else does. Well, I'm going to own that. But I just
4: I just stopped listening after the second book. So. Wh- <laughs>
1: wh- I, like I worry about him, and I, I've worried about him before, and and watched how he's uh, taken. Uh, things so personally uh, yep. on his shoulders, and and this can't can't help, and that's just uh, just an observation by me.
4: You know, no, I, I, no, and, and it's fair. It's it's it, to me the fascination with the Jack Campbell story is we've seen goaltenders lose lose it lose their mojo before. Yeah, I mean, you, twenty years ago, you know, there were goaltenders that just just floundered. I mean, do you remember Curtis Joseph got traded to Detroit?
1: Yeah. Or
4: Could. she didn't get traded. He got signed as a free agent in Detroit. Couldn't stop a beach ball. Couldn't. I mean, and he had gone there for a lot of money, very similar to Jack Campbell. Um, and he was supposed to be the guy that was going to guarantee the Red Wings another Stanley Cup.
1: Cal Couldn't, Peterson a year ago. Mm-hmm. What's that? Cal
4: Peterson a year ago.
1: Was the heir apparent but, but, to but, take but over Peters, there.
4: Peterson was a relatively young player. You know, Campbell and, and Joseph are, are veterans. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the what my point was going to be was that we, we didn't ever think about Curtis Joseph the person. We just said, ah, he's lost it. He's a bum. Yeah. He doesn't know yeah. what he's doing. And, you know, get another goalie. In 2023, we're worried about Jack Campbell's feelings. You know, we, we, we are much more uh, understanding and, and sympathetic to what an athlete now goes through mentally than what he's going through uh, on the ice or on the playing field. Uh, you know, the, the whole concept of having a team psychologist, some teams have had them for years, but the whole concept of, of dealing with the mental side of the sport, we're much more sympathetic, I think, now in 2023 than we were 20 years ago.
2: You know, I, I'm going to kind of use that to bridge over to Calgary and Jonathan Huberdeau getting stapled in the third period yep. the other night for the Flames. Like, are are you surprised that it, it's come to that? And, and how do you think that things move forward for Jonathan Huberdeau in terms of finding his game?
4: You know, uh, Ryan, if it was a year ago, we'd be pointing figures and saying that uh, Daryl Sutter's to blame and Daryl Sutter's a bad guy and yeah, Daryl Sutter's treating guy. Jonathan yeah. Huberdeau poorly and yeah. he's not giving Huberdeau a chance. Uh, that's not the case this year. This is on Jonathan Huberdeau now. Um, and in talking to people about it, Ryan Huska, who's the coach in Calgary now, has handled it beautifully. It's hard to argue when you're down 2 nothing and you bench a guy and you win 4-2 that you didn't make the right decision. Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau is frustrated. But he's not frustrated with the franchise. He's not frustrated with the coach. He's frustrated with himself. He knows that he needs to be better. You know, making $10 million a year doesn't stop you from having these lapses of, uh, of mental strength. And right now, he's got to fight through it and, and be better for it. I, I think that he, what you listen to out of the flames, out of, the, out of his teammates, is complete support. They understand him. Uh, they believe in him. And now he's just got to be given an opportunity to, to, to skate and, and play his game. And I do think that they've tried to give him the opportunity to play his game as opposed to putting him in a system that he's just not familiar with.
1: Did you hear the transaction that occurred today in Calgary?
4: Tell me. Oh, Dustin Wolf brought yeah. Dustin Wolf up. Yeah. 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 The, well, the, they goalt- the goaltender him, uh, who's just well, – to... We had a long talk with Ryan Husky before the season started. You actually were supposed to be on it, but you bailed. No, I, and, I wasn't bailed. Um, I, <laughs> I I at work. Well, <laughs> uh,
2: I like John's story better.
4: What what is the difference? Anyway. Dustin Wolf, for those that don't know. If it was something important like a red carpet or a gold carpet show, I would have believed it. That's what it was.
1: That's exactly (laughs) what it was. Dustin Wolf uh, is their their young prospecting goal. He's been the uh, AHL MVP in goal the last two years. He was the AHL MVP overall last year. He's been the uh, best goaltender in every league he's played the last four years. Like, there's a lot riding on this guy, and he's recalled. Well,
4: tonight. but also, yeah, it, you're right, he, uh, and he's come up, and whether he plays in, in Toronto uh, tomorrow night or in Ottawa on the weekend uh, will be interesting to see. Dan Ladar uh, has been the better goalie the last couple of nights for uh, for Calgary. Um, they're deep in goal, and there are teams that need goaltenders, so you have to wonder... What Craig Conroy and the Flames are doing in order to try to make sure that if there's market value for Vladar, because I assume he's got the best contract to be traded, because I don't think you want to trade Dustin Wolf with his potential. No. And I and Jacob Markstrom's contract is too um, onerous on everyone, so Vladar's the odd man out there. So they'll be they'll be takers at some point, but you have to make sure you get what what the market bears.
1: Uh, I had a great conversation yesterday with Greg Cronin, the uh, coach of the Anaheim Ducks, and that will be on the Chirp podcast later on today. What have you been doing on your podcast, the Bob and Cowan podcast with John Shannon?
4: Uh, well, this has been goalie week. You know, I, on a Discovery Channel, I had shark week. We had goalie week because <laughs> um, uh, Millard's a uh, frustrated goaltender. And then we've had uh, Darren Pang, goaltender. Mike Vernon, who's going to the Hockey Hall of Fame on Monday, goaltender. Glenn Healy, Stanley Cup champion, goaltender. Uh, and tomorrow we got uh, Matt Compkins, oh, who yes. um, at 29 years old and more than 4,100 days after he was drafted, uh, won his first game as a National Hockey League goaltender for Tampa and Montreal. So uh, it's goalie week on on the McCallum podcast.
1: Subscribe. Enjoy. There's a lot of different sports uh, in it with John Shannon, and we will uh, endeavor to have your opening changed for Mm. next week. Chapman,
4: is there anything? I I I, I didn't mind the Foster Hewitt one. The Foster Uh, Hewitt was good. The Foster Hewitt one last year was great, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's you know it it was kind of like how they changed the uh, the flavor of Coca Cola, right? Right. And then when you come back, it tastes even better. Yeah.
1: Do you want to say anything to John Chapman? That
0: that would would maybe solve this relationship between the you two. Well, I don't I don't think there's any issue in our relationship. But like you I called said, called him Johnny and you screwed up <laughs> well, his opening. Well, I didn't screw up the opening and, <laughs> well, and I called him Johnny because you kept you kept prodding. Hey, see if you let you call him Johnny, knowing can, knowing in the back of my mind,
2: you that he, you knew it was a trap and you walked
0: into it. Well, yeah, but I, I just wanted to prove that it was a trap. Will you change the opening for John? I I was pretty clear if John said. I'm still
4: here, you know, you guys. (laughs) uh,
0: I I was clear. I said if John didn't like it, I would, I would change it. All right. But
4: but it's not my show, guys. I'm just I'm just a guest. I'm happy to be
0: here. (laughs) Well, we want to make sure you keep coming back. So.
4: (laughs) Hey, by the way, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna add a a special hello today. I'm gonna say hello to my pal George. Yeah. uh, And I'm gonna say hello to Bruce. Bruce. You know, because I know Bruce listens every once in a while too. And I just want, just one, I'm not going to say every time, but I'm going to say hello to Bruce today.
1: Too. Bruce from Summerlin. Mm-hmm. He calls into the show every now and then. Oh, and I, I'm, uh, I'm sending him the link to your conversation today with Dick Irvin because Dick's not very happy with coaches who look down after every goal. Oh,
4: what? It, 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 well, it, it now beca- it's become so bad, and uh, anybody who's watching a game on television, they cut away to the coach, and the coach, you, all you do is you see whether he's got a bald spot or not. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because they're all looking at the video. Because they're right? all looking at those stupid monitors in the floor. 90-year-old
1: Dick who's seen everything in the world in hockey. is like, <laughs> what's well, what the, by coach the way, <laughs> Go
4: on and listen. You know, Jack Eichel wears number nine, and number nine has become synonymous with being the greatest player on each team. The best yeah. player wears number nine. Go on the podcast and learn why Rocket Richard, Morris Richard, the original number nine, why he was given the number. And it's a story. i tell you what, I used to think he knew everything about stuff. I did not know that story. Hmm.
1: That's true. John knows the entire ins and outs of hockey, mm-hmm. and he learned something today.
4: I <laughs> did. I learned something today. And it oh. was
1: fun. It was fun to see it. And only a person like Dick
4: Irvin can explain And by the way, way, uh, Ryan, you'll be pleased to know Mm. that uh, Darren spoke like four words the whole show. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Amazing.
1: Because I I was in (laughs) awe of of, of Dick Irvin. (laughs)
2: That doesn't happen ever.
1: I love Dick Irvin. It, 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 it was amazing. And, and the four words that I did speak, I just felt like I had to because I was on the screen, mm-hmm. and I should say something so people didn't think that my screen had just frozen. Uh, <laughs> I, I did say something, but it, it was an amazing episode. I'm not Bobby sure Kompon. what he said, but it's okay. <laughs> I said an open book is like an open book.
4: <laughs> oh, let me write that down one more time. <laughs> oh,
1: there's There's an open book, and it's like an open book, and then you <laughs> okay. read the book. But when you close it, make sure you put one of those things in there so you know where to open the book back up to. A bookmark? That's it. Wait, what, oh do,
4: you, what, what do you do with a Kindle?
1: <laughs> oh, you just turn it off and it comes right back on. I love the Kindle. I love it for that, that you, you never lose your place in the book.
4: Yeah. I like it for the airplane. I don't like it any other time. Do so. <laughs> you have an airplane? No, when I'm on the airplane. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought
1: maybe you're... Doing some really cool stuff. Hey, uh goodbye, uh, John, and uh goodbye to uh the one of the very great well respected people on this show who's got Chapman to change the intro. Thank you, John.
4: I did he Chris can do whatever he wants.
1: No, oh, so stop, stop, stop. I, I, I thought I'm you were gone. I, I thought I thought you were gone. I thought he'd he cut you off by now. John wants the <laughs> intro change. So we'll be back after this on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Zach by Cloud after practice today. I wonder if he goes tomorrow
2: be nice if he does. Yeah. Looking forward to it debut. if he does. Yeah.
1: He's played 3 shifts since June 13th. Yeah. he just got hurt early yep. on in that first exhibition game. Yeah. Also had a good back and forth with Alec Martinez during his media availability today. Mm-hmm. Martinez was trying to get mm-hmm. go through his uh taking off the gear right beside him mm-hmm. and they were going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Martinez is always paying attention to everything. Yeah. You can't have a quiet conversation with somebody around Martinez's area he he knows he he, and he's gonna jump in there with something if he feels the need bruce cassidy coming up plus one-timers news and notes from around the national hockey
0: league and a gift certificate to brew dog all in the way on fox sports las vegas